You know, in the past uh, three sermon series, Pastor Doug has been challenging us to be a part of the co-mission of Christ, to be his ambassadors to our dying world, to leave our comfort zones and to be witnesses for Jesus wherever he places us, to make the most of every opportunity and to make disciples of Christ. In the midst of a culture that's lost its way, we need to step up as priests, prophets, and princes, praying always for the kingdom to be expanded here on earth. And lately, he's been teaching us about the true nature of the world-changing power of the Holy Spirit that is available to us, that lives in us, to enable us to live out God's purpose and to reflect his glory. And we're living in a time of great fear. Amen? Fear is abundant. COVID-19 has changed that we do the way we do everything. You know, towards the end of the Great Depression and before World War II was, was beginning to start, FDR said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Fear is real. Amen? It's real, and we need to deal with it daily. It has been said that we write the story of our lives one decision at a time. In Zach Williams' new song, it's called Fear is a Liar. Have you heard it? He says, when he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful and you'll never be enough, fear, he is a liar. He will take your breath, stop, I'm sorry, take your breath, stop you in your tracks. Fear, he is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness. Cast your fear in the fire because fear, he is a liar. The world is filled with the voice of fear and especially in our personal lives. Fear lies to us and tells us that we can't be the person that God wants us to be. We can choose to listen to the liar or we can choose to listen to the word of the Lord. Amen? We need to listen to what the Lord says, and especially when he tells us to fear not. Say it with me. Fear not. Again, fear not. God tells us in his word over and over to fear not. And we're going to take a time today to look at some scriptures that, that tell us that. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 41 first. Isaiah 41. <clears throat> Starting in verse 9, Isaiah 41, verse 9 and 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. You whom I've, I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, I, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely 
I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The passage very clearly tells us, do not fear, for I am with you. I remember hearing a preacher say that there are 365 times in the Bible that it says, fear not. And uh, one for every day of the year. Sounded good, but in my study for this sermon, I found, uh, I couldn't find 365 times. I found about 30 or 40 times when it says to fear not. And I found another writer said he found 145 times that, that it says to fear not. But the idea of trusting God, no matter the circumstance, is throughout the Bible. Amen? Don't be anxious. Trust God. You can find that idea probably 365 times. Amen? So there is enough for every day. And, and how many times the Bible says something can tell us about the relative importance of what is said, and it can comfort us in the midst of our fear. But God only has to say it one time for it to be true. Amen? One time. And he says it a lot. He doesn't want us to fear. He says, fear not. Let's dig a little bit more into this passage and see some more reasons why we can fear not. First, you have been chosen. We sang that song today too. You've been chosen. It's not an accident that you are exactly where you are in life. He has chosen us to be redeemed and to spend eternity with him. We have been adopted into God's family, forever family. I love the verse, 1 Peter 2.9 in the King James Version. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation. Great, a peculiar people. <laughs> now, I can relate to that because I've been called peculiar a couple of times in my life. I don't know if you can too, but that word peculiar, you know, the definition says it can mean strange or odd, unusual. And like I said, I can relate to that. I don't, anyway, anyway you, you know what you're th who you are. But it also means a particular, special, belonging exclusively to, or distinctive. The NASB translate this as a people for God's own possession. You are God's own possession. You are his prized possession. He has chosen you. You've been adopted into his family and blended into the family of God. He says he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will not reject us. I have chosen you and not rejected you. He is always with us no matter where we are in life. Psalm 139, 9 through 10 says it this way. Uh, I have to have little stickers in my Bible so I can get there. <clears throat> If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. In the uh, NIV, it says it this way, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. I read a Guidepost article entitled, God is with us even on the far side. 
Farside moments can happen anywhere when we find ourselves struggling with a situation that's taken us to the outer edge of our comfort zone. God is with us, guiding and helping wherever we are. Living out God's purposes for your life will often take you to the far side. But remember, God is always with you, even on the far side. God is with us. I can remember some times when we were going through seminary. Uh, we went, um, <clears throat> it took me four years to do a two-year course. But, but uh, there were times that it looked like we wouldn't have enough money to pay our bill. We had to pay the bill every semester. And, and there are times that we just didn't know where that money was coming from. And I would look for counsel from godly men at the church we were at and, and men at the sem seminary. And God continued to remind us year after year that God is in control. He knows what is best. We just need to trust him. Over and over again, we heard that refrain. God is in control. He knows what is best. And we just need to trust him for all of our needs. And you know, he was faithful And after four years, we graduated with no debt. Everything was fully paid. And as I look over that time, I can see that he upheld us with his right hand. He was with us every step of the way. And I know some of you have stories just like that, how God has always been with you. And even when you're on the far side, God is always with us. And if you flip back to Isaiah 41 again, keep your finger there. Verse 10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. Anxiety and fear go hand in hand, don't they? Anxiety is there. And one of my favorite passages for uh, anxiety is in Philippians chapter 4, uh, 4 through 9. So if you want to flip over there, Isaiah... Or, Philippians 4, 4 through 9. And let me read that with you. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. That's the same thought from Isaiah 41, but here in Philippians, verse 6 specifically says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Max Lucado and his daughter have just finished writing a new book called Be Anxious for Nothing, and, and in it they share an acronym, C-A-L-M, CALM to help us battle the anxiety in our lives. The C stands for celebrate God and His goodness. The A stands for ask God for His help. 
The L stands for look on the bright side and M for meditate on good things. And I love the book of Philippians, especially that last verse, uh, verse 8. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, think on those things. We need to fill our minds with God's word. We need to fill our minds with, with the truth. We need to fill our minds with the idea of fearing not. I, I, I've sung this for you before, but I'm going to sing it again. This is from 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice, always pray, constantly give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And that comes back to me over and over. That's God's will for us. Not to fear, not to be anxious, but to rejoice, pray, give thanks in all circumstances. Amen? All right, let's go back to Isaiah again. <clears throat> God says in uh, the, the last part of verse 10, He will strengthen us. Surely He will help us. Surely He will uphold us with His right hand. And in the NIV, Isaiah 41, 13, just a few verses down, it says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand. And he says to you, do not fear, I will help you. I love that picture of God holding our hand. Whenever we're in trouble, whenever we need help, we can just raise our hand and God will hold our hand. Amen? I, I know I love to take my grandkids places, and I, I, I know that if we're in the mall or we're walking around, I've always got their hand, and they know that they can trust me. They know that they're, they're safe because they're with grandpa, they're with papa, and, and that's how God is with us. He's holding our hands when we're going into new circumstances, when we're sick or we're weak, he's holding our hand. Elizabeth Jacobson said of this idea, Uphold with my righteous right hand is a promise that through every trouble, God is with us, ensuring that we are becoming the people that he wants us to be with the wisdom, experience, and trust in him that will make us better and better servants of his kingdom. That's what... Uh, Doug has been talking to us about becoming better servants of his kingdom. But it starts with fear not. Don't be afraid. God is with you. He's chosen you. He's working in every circumstance for your good. He's helping us go through those times. Fear not. Amen? And then uh, look in uh, 2 Timothy well, actually, you don't have to even look there because I'm just going to say it in the King James because I love, you know, I grew up when you had to memorize things, but it was always the King James Version. So, for God has not given to us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Amen? God has not given to us the spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. I'm reminded of this old adage that says, K-N-O-W, Jesus, N-O, fear. N-O, Jesus, K-N-O-W, fear. 
There's a difference. You need to know who Jesus is. Then you can fear not. If you don't know Jesus, fear is all you will have in your life. People have to live with that. The world-changing power that's resident in us through the Holy Spirit allows us to have no fear. Pastor Doug's been teaching us about that over the last few weeks, that true nature of the power. He said we need to seek Him and not the power. Amen? We need to be with Him. We need to be holding His hand, not looking for the power to be released in us, in our lives. Paul tells Timothy that power alone is not enough. Fear is gone. Power is there. But that's not enough. We need to have love too. Amen? Vicki Kuyper wrote these words about loving others that I found on the back of a card Mary Beth was sending. I read every card that Mary Beth sends out and, and everything on there. I even look at the stickers to make sure that they're in the right place. You know. But I found this on the back of a card that Mary Beth was sending. is about lighthouses. The rustic lighthouse looked out of place against the towering architecture of Chicago's skyline. It was a bittersweet sighting since it had marked the end of an incredible journey. Two weeks before, we'd left Rhode Island. From there, our small ship had navigated the stomach-churning chop of the Block Island Sound into New York Harbor, sailed up the Hudson River, squeezed beneath the low bridges of the Erie Canal, and traversed Lake Michigan toward Navy Pier. Our destination was now in sight. And along the way, we had passed a lot of lighthouses. Some were tall and statuesque, others short and squat. Some stood like solitary sentinels perched on islands so small their foundations reached from shore to shore. I took photos of every single one of them. But since we've only, only sailed during blue-skied, sunny days, I realized the one thing that I'd never seen was a lighthouse doing what it was created to do, guide ships safely through inclement weather, fog, or the dark of night. Lighthouses were designed to shine, not just look picturesque. And that's true of us too. God designed me for a purpose, to be a lighthouse of love, pointing others toward the safe harbor of his care. Looking good is just window dressing. Making a positive difference in the lives of those around us is what makes life worth living. Only by loving God and others well does my light shine the brightest. We've heard that before, but we need to fear not and we need to put that into practice with the power that he gives us. We need to allow that love to shine. David sings this song to his kids almost every night. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. Anyway, you know the song, right? <laughs> let it shine. That's what we were made to do. Our love is supposed to shine and to make a difference in people's lives. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. If you don't want to fear, then allow that love to shine forth out of your life. 
take opportunities to love people, to, to, to take those divine appointments and show God's love to them. So back in 1 Timothy, it says, along with power and love, Paul says he's also given us a sound mind. And you know, a sound mind comes from reading this word. I want you to turn in your Bibles to uh, Psalm 119, the longest psalm, and it's all about the word of God. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 4. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the way of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies to seek him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. You have ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. God God reminds us to surround and immerse ourselves in God's words. The Bible says we're blessed when we walk in the law of the Lord, blameless in our ways, when we observe his word and seek him with all our hearts. Doug has said that over and over. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. We need to be watching that. God has ordained that we ought to diligently keep his precepts. We are to seek him with all our heart and walk in his ways. Proverbs 23 tells us to guard our hearts with all diligence, for out of the heart flows the springs of life. The New Living Testament says it this way, Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects all that you do. Your heart. Guard your hearts against all the evil, rotten poison that is in our world. God supplies us with divine appointments throughout our days. Take quiet moments to take it all in and to see the hope that is unraveling around us in our seemingly ordinary lives. This last week, my, wife, my neighbor uh, was telling me about a conversation he had with uh, my Terminex man, uh, Peter. Uh, he had stopped over and done my yard, and then when he was putting his stuff back in, in his truck, Peter stopped to talk to my neighbor. And uh, he, he was telling me, my neighbor was saying, it was such a blessed time. He told me things that I needed to hear. He told me things that really helped me in my situation. And I've talked to my neighbor about how God is always there for him. He, he'd gone through a difficult time in the past with some problems, health issues, and, and we'd been able to pray together with him. And I told him, you know what? That was a divine appointment. That was a divine appointment one, Carlos, because I knew my neighbor was supposed to be there at seven in the morning, or the the Terminex man, he was supposed to come at seven. He didn't come till 10. He came so that he could be able to share with with my neighbor. And I know my Terminex man is a Christian too, because we've talked about the Lord a lot too. And and he's a very vibrant, uh, outgoing Christian man. And um, one of the reasons I love my Terminix, man. But <laughs> besides keeping bugs away, that's another reason I love them too. But those divine appointments are there all the time. God gives us divine appointments where we can touch people with His power, 
with his love and with our sound mind, with the word of God. Look for those divine appointments, amen? And then the third reason we can fear not is that Jesus is coming again, amen? John 14 says it this way. In fact, let me tell you why I chose John 14. I went to a funeral, uh, uh, a memorial service for one of the faculty members at Cal Baptist uh, University. And, and the, the, the people that were sharing about her work there at the university and, and how Cal Baptist has become a, you know, a, a, the, the, the university that it is because of what she did. And um, one of the things that, that they said was in John 14. And, and it made me think that this, well, let me, let's read it. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Wow, what a hope we have. God is preparing, Jesus is preparing us a place. And that service was filled with hope because she knew Jesus. We do not grieve as the world grieves. Death has lost its sting. We sang that today. We know where we will spend eternity when we ask Jesus to be the Lord of our life. Amen? God is with us. He goes to prepare a place for us. When we were in Arizona visiting Mary Beth's mom and stepdad, we go to church at Sun Valley Community Church. It's a big mega church. Five or six different campuses. They have a hologram of the pastor that uh, they put up in every service. It's it's awesome. I mean, it looks like he's really there. And uh, but we were watching it online the last time we were there, and and it, uh, the pastor had uh, an illustration that I wanted to share with you. You know what this is? It's rope, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. But what it represents is your life in Christ. You've been chosen. We don't grieve like the rest of the world that grieves. But this is our life. This is, you know, this goes on forever. It goes on for eternity, amen? And the red part? That's our life here. That's all we have. We're born, we die. And everything in between here and here is what's going on in our world right now. What we're going through. The rest of eternity, like this verse says, is going to be spent with Jesus. Forever. This is true life. This is what we're looking for. This is what we should be working for. Not this. But how many of us spend so much of our effort 
trying to make this part better, trying to get a better job, trying to make a better retirement, trying to save enough money, trying to do everything that we're trying to do here, trying to get the best, trying to make it. We spend all of that effort here when we should be spending it here. And that's what Doug has been telling us to do. Don't waste your time here. Spend your time doing things that will pay dividends in the future, that will last you through eternity, because that's what's important in life, not just this. We need to be focused on what is coming and not what is here. The last verse, verse of Scripture I want you to look at is in Philippians I love Philippians. Philippians 3, verses 13 through and 14. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's what we're living for. This is what we're living for. Eternity. Matthew West has a new song out called What If? And it says it this way. What if today's the only day I've got? I don't want to waste it if it's my last shot. No regrets in the end. I want to know I got no what ifs. I'm running till the road runs out. I'm lighting it up right here, right now. No regrets in the end. I want to know. I got no what ifs. Amen? Let's pray. Fear not, for I am with you now and always. God wants us not to fear, but to allow our light to shine so that people are changed. Love God, love people, and change the world. Lord, help us to live for eternity and not for this time right now. Help us to be focused on you, focused on what is coming and not on what is here. Lord Jesus, be with us, Lord. Help us to fear not and to change the world. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.